0: Alrighty, y'all. Welcome back to the Soma Mama podcast. I have an awesome guest to share with you today. Her name is Kelsey Harrison, and she is the owner of Get Wild Retreats. Kelsey resides in Charleston, South Carolina, where she currently teaches yoga, runs her retreat business full-time. She is a new mother, um, so I'm sure we'll get to talking about that today. And Kelsey just has so an abundance of adventures and wisdom and and nuggets that she's going to share with us today. Uh, This is an exciting episode because this is actually the first time that Kelsey and I are getting to know one another. We recently connected through a community of female entrepreneurs called the Woman Up Community, in which Emily Castle started, and she is also located in Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, She's a business coach and so much more, Um, so I will be sure to tag Emily's information in the show notes um, so you can get to know her and get to know the Woman Up Community a little bit more. Um, so truly, without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to Kelsey here and give her an opportunity to introduce herself. And then we will dive into talking more about female entrepreneurship, motherhood, t- like, Going on retreats and and from start to finish, right? The planning, the execution, all over the world. How that's been for Kelsey and her transition into into her business and how that all started. So I'll pass it off to you, Kelsey.
1: Awesome, thank you. Um, I'm excited and honored to be on this podcast, and uh, I have my own podcast. So I was just saying, usually I'm interviewing people, so it's fun to be on the other side. And hopefully soon I'll be able to host you on my podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, But yeah, so I'm in the Charleston area and originally from the Midwest, Ohio and Cincinnati, Ohio. Moved down here in 2018 and started, did my teacher training, started teaching immediately. Um, I always knew I wanted to teach yoga pretty much as soon as I found the practice. I started practicing in 2013 and really committed Well, I I was practicing like once or twice a week in college in 2013. And then I really committed my last year of college in 2018 and knew I wanted to teach yoga and started teaching right away. And I was like the person doing like 14 classes a week and driving to studios everywhere and, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and teaching late classes, taking whatever I could Um, and I mean it all paid off, right? I <laughs> got tons of experience, met so much so many people, and created a massive community in charleston um, and i don 't know if you 've ever been to Charleston, but it's really small like it's it's a lot of people visit here, but it feels like it's a college town sometimes. It feels like college because everybody kind of just knows each other, so that's a fun part of teaching yoga here as you know, like all the other yoga teachers and the communities are really close together um, Yeah. And so I started teaching and by went by the end of by October of 2019, I was managing a studio um, core power in Charleston. And then obviously COVID hit and I had already ran two retreats at this point. um, And I just decided I wanted to go full time at the end of 2020. It was like September. I was like, you know, no one's traveling. So why don't I start a travel business? (laughs) But, um, I just, I knew it was my purpose and it was what I was supposed to be doing and it would all work out. And so far it has. So I'm actually getting ready to leave on Saturday to go to Costa Rica to host my, it'll be my eighth retreat. And I have a group, a big group of 24 people coming down and a bunch of them are repeats. Some of them are new faces. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what questions do you have? Where do you want to go?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have so many directions to go in and that, oh, it's so incredible. I also, this, I got a little bit of like, I giggled a little bit knowing that you're learning that you are from Ohio originally as I am from Idaho and that those are the three States, Idaho, Ohio, and Iowa, Um, I should actually, I will pop this funny image. Uh, I was a teacher, a t-shirt I saw once that was like, um, it's like the largest or the the largest state in the US called Idaho, Ohio. And it like connects all the three states because people unanimously get them all mixed up. And I have to say telling people that I'm from Idaho, oftentimes the response I get, I don't know if this is um familiar for you being from Ohio but they'll be like oh you're the first person i've ever met from Idaho as in like who exists there i thought it was just potatoes and um I'll, and they'll be like oh that's in the midwest right and i there is a certain point i passed the threshold of being like yeah somewhere around there like um rather than describing to people well if it's in the pacific northwest i'm basically tucked up near canada cuz we're so far north um but Anyway, so going back to our topic today, Kelsey, I'm just I'm for one so inspired by you as you mentioned, like, hey, 2020, no one's traveling, why not dive dive deep, like full send into it? Um, and I want to create a little bit of context for our listeners here today about, around your interest in um travel in general and kind of how you established a yoga practice initially before even before you did your 200 hour training and how the vision to co- combine the two yoga and adventure came together and I did have a chance to listen to um you you shared a little funny story about the John Muir Trail and, um, that you hiked that with your dad, which is, which is incredible. Um, so I'd love for you to just paint the picture, give us a little bit of context, you know, maybe like how you grew up, how you came into adventure and maybe some of the highlighting a couple big adventure trips that shaped your experience, um, in outdoor recreation and, in um, yeah, adventure in general.
1: Yeah. So, We're, yeah, from Ohio, which (laughs) really quickly to touch on that. We, Ohio is in the Midwest, but what I get is people think it's in the North and everyone's like, oh, it's freezing up there or you're, Ohio's in the North. Or one time I told someone that I dated a guy in Kentucky and they were like, wow, that's long distance. And I was like, no, it was 45 minutes over the bridge because Ohio and Kentucky touch. And they were like, what?
0: What? No. <laughs> Basically, what I'm hearing is people I mixed up our states. You yeah, are in the north. I, I am in the Midwest. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so yes, let's learn geography, people. Anyways, yeah. So we grew up hiking a lot. My dad, so being from Ohio, uh, we were about two and a half hours north of Red River Gorge, Kentucky, which is a big hiking area. It's one of the largest sport climbing, recreational sport climbing areas as well. And he grew up going down there since he was like 12. And so since we were like three, they were taking us down there hiking, camping. Um, And then they ended up buying some cabins down there so we could go for family holidays and that kind of thing. And so we always did like little trips like that. And then when I was about 14, we my dad and I weren't getting along just because I was a 14 year old girl and he was my dad. And so everything you said was wrong. <laughs> and my dad is not the kind of person who wants to accept that. And so he was like, okay, well, like, we're going to go to therapy and we're going to become friends because even though that might be the norm, it's not what he wanted our norm to be. And so we went to therapy and our therapist was like, y'all have to find something in common. And so he was like, we both, we like to hike. We like, we go down to Kentucky a lot. And so that was our first backpacking trip. We went to the Grand Canyon and we did rim to rim. And it was at the time, the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life because I didn't break in my shoes. I didn't listen to my dad for anything when we were approaching. So I had like seven blisters on each foot, and I was refusing to poop on the trail, like all of the things that the 14-year-old girl didn't want to do. But when we came out on the other side of the Grand Canyon, we were overlooking it. We had finished the trail. I remember him just being like, you backpack the Grand Canyon, you can do anything. And feeling empowered and physically and mentally strong and knowing I was capable of challenging things. And so then from there on, my dad and I started doing at least one big backpacking trip a year. Um, I have one sister. She wasn't interested in it at the time. Um, Now she is. And so we all do this stuff together. But so it was just him and I. And we would go and we would do like a week in Zion or or we would go up to Michigan and do Isle Royal. We just were like, what national parks do we want to hit? Let's go to Yosemite. Um, And so then, yeah, in 2019, we did the John Muir Trail. And that's 211 miles. Um, And that was a big one. I, I mean, it was definitely the longest one we've ever done together. And it's just, so I feel like all of my knowledge in my life prepared me to lead these yoga and adventure retreats. When so many people ask me how I got into it, it's just like it was a part of my journey. It was what I was supposed to do. And a big part of that is thanks to my dad and thanks to that therapist who recommended it, right? And... We, I ended up going to school for environmental science and marketing. I got two degrees, environmental science, marketing. I wanted to be a park naturalist or a park ranger because when we were in the Grand Canyon, there was a woman ranger down there at the bottom and she was down there by herself for a week every month. And I just remember, like, I'd never met a woman who was, felt capable enough to camp in the bottom of the Grand Canyon for a week. And Be in charge. Like I just was so empowered by it, um, so that's why I went for environmental science was because I was like I don't really know what I'm gonna do with this. I want I love the environment. I want to understand. I tried lots of different routes. I was like worked for a nonprofit during college. I was a research assistant. I did all this stuff, and I was like I just want to be outside. I want to take people outside. And I, but getting uh parks jobs are really hard. And so I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I really fell into yoga. And so to kind of tap onto the yoga part, I, yeah, my first class was in 2013 and I had done yoga, like P90X yoga or, you know, video yoga. But my first in-studio was a hot power class and the teacher was crazy. She was like, like fun crazy, like handstands and like trying to get all of us to do handstands and just super fun Tanya, she's still one of my close friends and my my gurus, one of someone I look up to. And she was the only person I went to for four years or so. I went to her consistently, or she would make me go to other teachers and take me with her and be like, "You have to go try other classes. You can't just take me." And I, in twenty eighteen, I went through some trauma in college, and that's when I fell really hard into yoga because it was it it was sexual assault by someone who lived on my street in college and lived with all of my guy friends across the street so basically my whole friend group I was just I stopped I didn't want to be there I didn't want to hang out with them I didn't want to drink I didn't want to do any of the college things that you do and so I just did yoga at home every day or I would go to the studio and it saved me and so then I was just like saving money, working, doing yoga and knew, I knew that yoga had done this massive thing for me and created this safe space for me. And I wanted to be able to do that for others. And so I started teaching and got my teacher training end of 2018, started teaching and had two retreats in 2019. And I just knew like, this is what I want to do. I want to combine the outdoors, Because nature is also so healing and being in nature, pushing your comfort zones, um, it's all, it's all a part of growth and change and being vulnerable and to be able to combine it with community and connection. I also grew up in a uh, really religious household, which I'm grateful for, but it's not The way I live my life now, it's more spiritual now versus religious, but being able to create the same sort of community and connection where you have people who are going to hold you accountable and people who are going to help you grow and who are going to ask you questions that make you actually think about what's important is so important, right? Without it being in a religious structure, but more so in an open hearted spiritual yoga type community. So all those sorts of things play in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess another big adventure too, to tap back on, um, my sister, after she got into it, uh, we do mountaineering trips every year. So the biggest one we did, we did Mount Rainier out in Washington. We did that in 2019, no, 2018. And we, summited we attempted in 2016 we didn't summit so then we went back two years later trained a ton and it's very technical ice climbing mountaineering and summited and another thing that that taught me what all of these all of my trips have taught me is also the the lack of females in the outdoor communities it was always like i was the only girl or i was my sister and i were the only girls like very few women very few women in leader positions. And I think the retreats help to bridge that gap. Like, no, you're not camping on the retreats, right? You might be staying in a nice bougie uh, retreat center, but you're actually getting to experience it. And so it's cool. Like one of my retreaters, she was when we met, she hated, she was like, I don't wanna hike. I don't wanna go outside. I'm not interested in outdoors. She came on a retreat. It was her first time hiking. We went to Zion and she was terrified, she was afraid of heights. She, we did angels landing. And after she did it, when we got to the top. She was just crying. And she was like, I've never felt more confident in who I am and that I'm capable of doing these things. And that I enjoy it. Um, she's going to Costa Rica. Actually, it'll be her fourth retreat since then. Um, and she she loves the outdoors now, like she's not camping or backpacking, right, but she's hiking and she's going ziplining and going and swimming in waterfalls that she normally never would um, and so it's for for a lot of people, this is out of their comfort zone right going swimming in a freezing cold waterfall in Peru might not be out of yours or mine's comfort zone, but it might be out of someone else's and so it's cool to see people overcome those barriers and those lines that they have drawn for themselves and those things they think they're capable of and seeing them do so much more than any of that
0: Mm, kelsey thank you thank you thank you i i'm sitting here just beaming i had like a couple times just intuitively put my hand and my heart and and just just to soak in the experiences that um that those hold and, and those in which you have those being individuals who have either crossed your path or come on your retreats. And, and there's so many through lines I want to touch on, but one being the embodiment piece, right? And I, and I thank you so sincerely for opening up and speaking about the trauma in which you experienced and how that shaped, um, shaped, shaped you, right? And going back to that period of time where it was like, I'm sure, you know, the feelings of isolation and identity being stripped away from you and community. And yet you le- like leaned in and to your body and to what you knew and to what you knew felt good at the time, which was, which was yoga and was focusing on on you and working and saving money and investing in yourself. and, And I, you mentioned too, you know, nature is healing, right? Like getting, getting people out in nature, even if it's not akin to them or if it's not familiar, right? Like you don't know until, until you know, or until you try and, um, and the embodiment piece of like hearing this, this woman and clearly like she's, she's. She's drank the Kelsey Kool-Aid, right? Like she's like, I'm coming. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I freaking love this. And like, that's what we want to hear. And from a spiritual sense, I'm like, Kelsey is in her essence, right? She is doing what she's meant to do. And yes, I'm sure, I know, like, when you plan a trip, there's inevitably something's going to, the curveball is going to be thrown. It's not multiple. Um, in fact, when, when you don't get a curveball thrown, you're like, this is not like, it's got to be coming, right? Like, there's, a, it's impossible. Um, but, the, like, yeah, that she's just found this sense of power and empowerment within her being and within her body. And, and I just, I so love that that is something that you are not offering, um, to yourself, right? And continuing your lust for adventure and helping others and bringing yoga and nature and adventure to other people. Um, but, that's exactly what I was going to say, but you're bringing it to other people and, um, and bringing these experiences to them that, that they didn't know were possible for them. That is Absolutely incredible. And, you know, here on the Soma Mama podcast, right? My whole intent for starting this was to talk about somatics, to talk about embodiment as someone who currently I'm in training to become a somatic psychotherapist. I'm also a yoga teacher. I'm a craniosacral body worker. And, and so all things like there's so many similarities, just just between you and I and an interest in the spiritual realm and the embodiment piece and immersion into nature. And, um, I had this vivid image of, you know, even when you saying said nature is healing. I was like, yes, when I am sick or not feeling well, like the tooth, well tooth, my three go-to's are like <laughs> chug a ton of water. <laughs> um, I am, I'm like a water baby. I have such an affinity for, um, just immersing myself in water drinking water it's so cleansing it's purifying i get my butt out in nature i take a walk and i breathe right just and those it's just like completely rejuvenating it doesn't know doesn't matter how down in the dumps i might be feeling mentally emotionally physically um but it is so simple and so restorative and seguing that into just the complexity of the mind. I, I often think being someone who is quite familiar with self-sabotage, we can get in these cycles of like, no, that's not, I'm not an outdoorsy person, or that's not for me, or I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga, right? I know we hear that time and time and time again as yoga teachers. Um It's like, hey, just dip your toe in, right? Or just keep coming back, keep coming back. Like similarly, my first yoga class was, um, a hot yoga class and I was 15, 16 years old. Um, my high school soccer coach was also a yoga teacher. And so she made us do yoga as a team, like once a week, um, as a restorative practice. And I walked out of that class being like, I flipping hated that. I will never go back. I will not like the, and the fact that she started us with like, just a hot power class. I was like, yeah, she would. Um, but of course, like I basically was forced to go back, to go back, to go back. And it really only took three classes for me to be like, okay, I get this. Like, this is, this is more than just asana. Like this is, I, and as a teenager, I didn't really know what that was at the time, but I was like, I feel something in my body that is so all-encompassing. Like I'm, going to can keep coming back. And I mentioned similarly to many people, but throughout my college experience, I said my mat was, was church. Like every time I needed to come back to self, I came back to my mat, be that roll it out in my dorm room, you know, where you could stretch your hands like to both walls <laughs> or, um, or go to a class with a friend. And I'm so grateful for that because Yoga just came so like it came so naturally as as um, a therapeutic modality and um, it sounds like that was a similar experience for you and for many too who have who have come into yoga um so that is actually a perfect segue into tell like I want you to tell us a little bit about um, your current role as a yoga teacher for Core Power Studio in Charleston, and you mentioned this will be coming up your seventh training that you will be participating in, in teaching and instructing. Um, so I'd love for you to tell, uh, tell us and tell our listeners about um, yeah, what that journey has been like for you stepping into a teaching role and an instructing role.
1: Yeah, it was... When I started teaching it, was, it felt very natural to me and it just it clicked like I just I got it and so it was it was very natural um I did my teacher training my 200 hour in 2018 it was very traditional like didn't instruct how to she never went over a chaturanga you know never did any power it was all like uh meditation breath work chanting kundalini very Hatha super traditional based. And that's what I wanted because that's not what I practice. And so I wanted the other side of it. And then the new core power was opening up in Mount Pleasant. I didn't know what core power was. Now I know it's a massive corporation brand at the time. I didn't know. And I just, I, I actually wasn't done with my teacher training and I went to the auditions and I lied. I said, I was done. I had like three weeks left and I was like, And I was a crazy yoga person. Like I had read all my books before training started. Like I I knew, I I knew it all, but I was like, okay, this is the, their last audition. And if I want to teach here. And at this point I was planning to try and teach as many places as I could, but I, I went to the auditions. I auditioned, I passed, and then they had intensive. So they had three intensive weekends, one, which was power. Another one, which was uh, what they call hot power fusion, which is basically Bikram and then a yoga sculpt, which is yoga with weights, which is super it's like a hit class it's really fun and high energy um, and so I we went through these three intensives with core power, and we I, and that helped me learn how to teach like my two hundred hour more of was so much philosophy and gave me such a good base and then my the core power trainings was all about teach delivery sequencing theming all that kind of stuff and so it was sort of like the perfect little rollover which the manager old manager is one of my best friends now and she's always like i cannot believe you lied to me and i thought you were had already been teaching for a while and i've never taught a class at the time i auditioned oh.
0: <laughs> absolutely incredible <laughs> not that I, not that i am in support of of you know <laughs> your coding but I like what I love in that, Kelsey, is your tenacity and like just truly the alignment and the like what felt like integrity from the receiving end of like, yeah, this chick is like she knows what she's doing. And then, you know, I haven't taken one of your yoga classes, but I can absolutely feel that in your essence.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't encourage the line, but I also was like, if I don't finish my teacher training, I would tell her, you know, I got two, two three weeks left. <laughs> um. And so, went through all those trainings, we opened the studio in March, and I was teaching at other places already, uh, other awesome studios in the area. But the I I just was picking up a lot of classes at Core Power because they opened with a bang, and uh, had a position that was like member expert, so you, you could sit at the desk and help fix fix membership problems, answer questions, that kind of thing. Um, and get paid to not teach, which can be really nice as a yoga teacher, and it just kept growing, and so by the summer, I was like, I'm gonna just teach at Core Power. I don't want to drive everywhere. I want to drive one place and teach, you know, four classes in a day there if I need to, And, um, and then by October, so we'd only been open for like six months, the old manager, she had met a guy at the studio and within like two months, which she moved to Charleston to open the studio, wanted to live in Charleston. And within like two or three months of meeting this guy, he or dating because they had known each other for a while. He got a job in New York. She moved with him. They ended up getting pregnant, moving back. They live back here again, but, and it was the right choice, right? She followed her heart, which she's not a, she's a brain person, not a heart person usually. And in this time she chose her heart and So I took over as a manager. So I'd only been teaching for like seven or eight months, but it was such a fun time being the manager of the studio and having, I mean, I loved managing. I was there all the time, helping host teacher trainings, all that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, now I'm about to help, um, or I am the lead trainer on the next 200 hour at the studio. Um, So I managed there until uh, October of the following year. So for about a year through COVID, we closed for like eight weeks, reopened, all that stuff. And then at October of 2020 was when I quit to start my retreats full-time. And that is, it was scary because it's pretty much impossible to get a salary job in yoga. And I had one, I had a salary job and I was quitting it to do something else. I also was moving across the country I moved in October of 2020 we quit I moved across the country to Colorado with my boyfriend at the time who I had known for but I had been dating for about four months also so my, the manager and I joked we had like such slim, similar tracks we both got pregnant in the other places and then we both moved back to Charleston and had our babies <laughs> so uh, it, it's so funny how those things work out yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we moved to Colorado, I started my business, took that leap, and was teaching at Core Powers there. Um, so now I, I view, like, yes, I teach at Core Power, but I also know Core Power is not end all be all. I think it's great. I think our Core Power here is special. <laughs> and it's some people have issues with the corporate yoga stuff. I think it's what happens inside the room that's what's important, not what name is on the outside of the building. Um, and I love teacher trainings because I know how much my teacher training changed my life and that if I'm able to create a small impact on any of these people who come into the door for teacher training, that I've done my job. Like, you know, they don't have to know everything. They don't have to know by heart all of the sutras or the yamas and the yamas, but if they have somehow incorporated yoga into the other parts of their life, other than just their physical practice, then that's all we're trying to do. Eventually, I would love to host my own immersion retreat teacher trainings, and all that kind of thing on my own. So I'm in the middle of my own 300 hour. um, And uh, that's a long term goal of mine, to create my own curriculum, and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, it's been such a Powerful learning experience. I've met so many awesome people, and our community is really special because we put the time and effort in to make it special, right? Um, and yeah, so I moved to Colorado. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I moved to Colorado in October of 2020, and we moved back August 1st of 2021 because I was unexpected, got unexpectedly pregnant in January. Found out we were pregnant in January of 2021. And we were like, so at this point, my, my now fiance, my partner, we had only been together for under a year and we'd been together for like nine months, I think. And I was pregnant and we were like, what are we going to do? And that's a whole other story because I very much was like, I knew I was pregnant. I was under four weeks pregnant when I found out, and I just like knew in my body. I was taking class. I was like, something's weird. And we, I found out the day before I had a girls' weekend planned, and I never really do girls' weekends. That was that's the only time in my life I've done like an intentional girls' weekend. And I I had planned it on Monday of that week, found out on like Thursday that I was pregnant, and then we were leaving Friday. So we found out we were pregnant and then I like went on a girl's weekend in the mountains in Colorado and left my partner alone to freak out basically. Um,
0: I'm laughing because I, I, there's a lot of alignment here as well. (laughs) I hear you.
1: And well, I went on this and we went to this hostel, which it's still kind of COVID times, but the hostel was letting people, you had to wear a mask in the public areas and then your room, you would go back. And this woman, who was like one of, this is a side story, but the, one of these like women where you 're like, "This lady is not from this planet right or she she has lived many, many lives and she <laughs> <laughs> came over to me I was like had woke up th- that next morning, I was like four a m on Saturday, I was like watching the snowfall, we were in the mountains in Colorado in Leadville, thinking about the fact that i 'm pregnant, and what am I going to do, what do I want to do with this decision?" and she's like comes over next to me she was like used to be a shaman lived in sedona and had no phone no email like all that kind of thing and she's like i feel like you need to talk to me about something what's going on and i was like um i'm pregnant and we were just like talking and she was like you know telling me all the things about my life that she shouldn't know already and just one of those moments where she was like you have to have this baby and it's it, there's a purpose. There's a reason that he showed up because um, I had a copper IUD and I should not have gotten pregnant. And um, so anyways, fast forward, we were going to try and stay in Colorado. And then we just hit a point in July and we were like, we want to be where our people are and we don't want to live in Ohio or Atlanta, where both of us are from. We want to go back to Charleston. And so we got back to Charleston on August 1st and Harrison came five weeks early. So he was born August 10th. So we'd been home for about 10 days back in Charleston. Um, And then I had three retreats planned immediately after he was born and everyone told me to cancel them. Everyone was like, cancel your retreats. You're not going to be able to do it. Postpartum's hard. And it is freaking so hard, but I did not believe that the universe would give me a baby through a copper IUD and three sold out retreats if I wasn't meant to be able to do them both and so my he was due September 11th so praise God he came five weeks early actually and then my first retreat was this weekend of September 24th so he was six weeks old We went to Sedona I had and it was Sedona the same place that lady lived too which is just funny I had 15 ladies on that retreat, 12 of them were moms. I and I told all of them before, like, I'm gonna, there's gonna be a baby, a six week old baby, you can cancel, I will give you your money back. And all of them were like, we're in, we want to help, let us hold this baby. And I brought another yoga teacher to help me because I knew I was going to be tired and like not sleeping, I'm exhausted. But it goes right back to what you were saying with like nature and like the three things you do to make yourself feel better. You go outside, you drink water, you breathe. And I was very depressed most all of my pregnancy and postpartum. I was struggling really hard. And then I had to go to Sedona. And I remember I was sobbing in the car, trying to run errands to get stuff for Sedona, thinking, why did I make this choice? Why did I make this mistake? Like, How do I think I'm supposed to lead these people when I can't go to the grocery store without breaking down on my own? And we get there. We fly across the country. Easy. He's six weeks. He's just sleeping. Right. And he's, praise God, not a crying baby. He's a very quiet baby. Otherwise, I don't know how I would have done it. But we get there and it was incredible. And he went on hikes with us. I wore him uh, wrapped around me while I taught class. I had so much help, so much support. And the retreat was phenomenal. And and if anything, Harrison, my child, added to the element, right? All of these moms and everyone's just, it's brought this whole other type of energy in. And like, we would ohm with him sitting in the room and he would just chill with it. And we would do, we were doing chants and it was just, and after I came home, I was like, it was kind of like the Grand Canyon thing again, right? Where going to the grocery store prior felt like a climbing a mountain. And now I flew across the country and led a retreat with a baby, going to the grocery store, whatever. (laughs) I can do it, right? And so I'm grateful for the retreat because like, yes, I was there to serve, but I was given so much by these ladies and by the community and by Sedona and the land because it reminded me that I can do hard things. It reminded me that this is a season of my life and I can be a mom and a businesswoman and a leader and I can do all of them still and then I had one in Asheville when he was 10 weeks old and he went to that one um and then I went to Mexico without him and in November and that was great I got to sleep a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness Kelsey I like I've had full body chills three different times throughout that that entire share and I'm just so grateful and I feel so much alignment and I like here are the thoughts that are running through my head One, the first one being with the Sedona retreat especially well one I want to circle back to you saying like The universe did not give me a baby through a copper IUD and three sold out retreats if I wasn't meant to do them, right? And yes, we can go to the mind piece that can attach ourselves, like ourselves to the things that we are meant that we should quote in air quotes should be doing, right? And then there's also the separation and then. There's a spirit, right? The separation between the mind, the body, the spirit, as we talk about in yoga all the time, but that's like, no, there's something greater, deeper, this itch within, this inner whisper that's telling me like, no, this is possible, right? Because going back to the mind, it could also self-sabotage and be like, who am I kidding? I'm going to listen to all these people who are telling me, don't do it. Postpartum is insane. Like, you can't do it. And I'm listening to my inner whisper saying, no, but I can I can't, like I might be sobbing on my way to the grocery store and I can still fly across the country with a newborn in tow and lean into the support of, of these 12 women. And the fact that all of these women were really just the transparency too of like, Hey peeps, like I'm showing up with a six week old, like, are you cool? Or do you want your money back? And then being like, Oh no, we sis, we are in it. And this is what went through my head. I was like, this is is how it should be, right? Like that takes us back to our ancestors and like the primal circles of like women bleeding together and supporting one another in like tribal communities. And it's like, that is what the, that should be the quintessential postpartum experience for everyone. Because especially in our Western world, it's already made up to be so isolating and like anxiety or depression inducing Given that the normalization too is that like, oh, six weeks and then you're, you're back to your, your everyday life. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, and I just honor you, Kelsey, for leaning into that support too. Right. As being a new mama myself, I know that it can be challenging to feel as if no, I like I did this sorry, I got pregnant and this is my baby and I have to do all of 10 to all of the things, not only with my newborn, but also with my business and this retreat that these three retreats that I'm going to somehow do in the next few months. Um, I just feel so much awe and inspiration and, um, Yeah. And truly, I mean, this is a perfect segue. We're obviously already talking about motherhood, but so much alignment in your journey. And I literally almost to the date, like my, our son's due date was September 19th, 2020. I found out I was pregnant at Five weeks pregnant in January of 2020. And at that point, my partner and I were living apart from one another. Uh, And um, I also knew, I tell people, like, I knew on conception that I was pregnant. I knew it with like, every ounce of my bean. I absolutely knew it. And then of course like I didn't take a test until five weeks. I was five weeks pregnant, but I kept telling my partner, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. He's like, Court, you can't take a test because it might come back negative. And I I was like, no, but I can. I'm so willful. And I actually did probably like three weeks and it came back negative. And I was like, nope, that's wrong. I know I'm pregnant. I just knew it. And similarly I had like my aunt actually worked with a medium who came to her like she works in and like educational education policy it was like someone a blonde female in your family is pregnant with a boy and he is he is coming like he is coming into this earth he is like so ready Um, And there was a really special piece too of one of my my aunts had recently passed away um, from breast cancer. And this medium was like, Kirsten is, she's doing backflips. She's jumping for joy. She's in full support. And like, I had actually gone through my Reiki training the weekend that my aunt passed. And it was this incredible experience of like, feeling her I would feel her spirit come closer and then I would feel it drift away and throughout the training I wasn't really like checking my phone to see what what this what where she was at in her journey and her transition but I could feel it through spirit and um so I was like of of course like of course you sent him um even like I just have to share this because of the the divine timing of like she had given gifted me a really beautiful Tiffany's necklace for my college graduation. A few of my aunts had gone in together and, um, but Kirsten had, had chosen it and I, and I lost it. And for the longest time, I'm not usually one to pin it on other people, but I'm like, I think someone stole it. Like, I, I don't know where it is. And, um, so anyway, like moved cross country from Idaho to Pennsylvania, ended up going back um, to Idaho to visit my family for the first time, like all this is all through COVID stuff too. So this would have been in spring of 2021, and um, my mom had a old stroller up in her garage that was dusty. She's like, "Oh, Court, you can use this um, while you're home." So I go to get the stroller out. I like unfold it and like dusting off the cobwebs. The necklace is in the bottom basket of the stroller, and I'm mind blown. I'm like how did this get here? like I have not no one has used this stroller how did this get here so just the yeah the the alignment the listening and even in those times right of of grievance and like when we do lose someone and or we do lose a version of ourselves such as we do when we birth a baby um it's like we can embrace both sides of the sorrow the grievance and the joy and the 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 all-encompassing emotional experience of this wild, wildlife life journey. Um, so I know I know we're coming to the close of our podcast, Kelsey, and I'm like, I already know I'm excited for jumping on yours um, because I know we have so much more to talk about and to explore. But I'd like for you to tell us about your upcoming retreats. I know some of them are sold out. If there's any openings on any of the retreats that our listeners might want to grab at.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me and for sharing the bits of your story I got to hear. I can't wait to have you on my podcast and learn more. Um, yeah, that necklace thing is crazy. And really quickly, I know, really quickly to that, I just think it's like the the universe just gives us the signs that we need. And sometimes we don't even know that we need it. Um, but it's kind of just like a hug from the universe are telling us we're going the right way. We're doing the right things. And it's, it's all gonna work out exactly as it's supposed to um, retreats. I have, yes, I have two more retreats this year. They're both full. And then next year I have five right now, three of the five are full. Um, you can always get on a wait list. So people drop out, things happen. Um, so if you wanna go to Greece or, Two, two in Greece and then one in Glacier. Those are full. Um, my Guatemala retreat is in April of 2023. And that one is, we're going to be on a lake in a volcanic, volcanic area. So we're going to be hiking, kayaking, cliff jumping, Mayan fire ceremonies, sweat lodge. Um, April, 2023, Guatemala. I have two rooms left on that one. So just two rooms. And then my February 2023. I'm going backwards. But my February one is in Baja, Mexico. And that one, we're right on the water. Uh, We will be, we have surf lessons. We have a whale watching tour. We have guided hikes. Um, That one's also going to be incredible. And so it's kind of like, which kind of vibe do you want, right? And every retreat is different. Every, it's so fun to see who signs up for what, because whatever retreat you are being called to is for a reason and there's probably someone or some experience you're going to have that's going to impact you moving forward. Um, So yeah, spots on Baja Mexico in February and Guatemala in April for next year.
0: Mm, I'm like, oh, mama needs some, some time to herself. I might have to hop on one of those, oh, <laughs> those yeah. spots, but yes, please. Um, you guys, if you're listening, hop on Kelsey's website, get And you can see, learn so much more about all of her offerings. They all sound absolutely incredible. Um, I want to be both surfing in Mexico and in the sweat lodge in Guatemala, if that's possible. <laughs> Um, I do want to, Kelsey also has just such, an, being someone who arrived at her website for the first time recently, I hopped onto her testimonials page and there's just an abundance of heartfelt, um, gosh, I can't even put it into words, you know, of heartfelt testimonials. Um, and I'm going to read a couple for you here just so you can, can get to know Kelsey and her retreats through the eyes of someone else else and then you can go have a further look for yourself Um, so here we have one that says um, so this was my second retreat with kelsey and i can't say enough about the genuine connections you make and the unforgettable experiences you have snorkeling in an underwater cavern was something i never thought i'd do or even was brave enough to do having your retreat family along makes you feel brave and strong no matter what you are conquering mentally or physically I always learn a lot about myself through journaling and the unbeatable yoga classes. I love you, Kelsey. So grateful for the enrichment you have brought into my life, says Miss Leah. Absolutely incredible. And I'm going to read another one here from Miss Christy. So I first met Kelsey checking in for yoga class, and we made an instant connection despite wearing masks. How often does that happen? That's just who Kelsey is, warm, open, genuine, joyful, down to earth. She's the embodiment of authenticity, which I love because I always feel grounded in her presence. I could go on and on about Kelsey. She inspires me in so many ways. So I'll move on to say her Sedona retreat was simply wonderful. I felt nourished in so many ways beyond the breathtaking views, sunrise hikes, the kind of yoga that leaves me feeling physically spent and revitalized at the same time. I just love Kelsey's classes. We were spoiled on the retreat by Jessica, our fabulous guest teacher, as well as by Amelia, our own private chef, Yum, which honestly feels a little funny to call her by her role since she's more like a sister today. The entire team felt like a family. I would love to attend another Get Wild Kelsey retreat. She pours her heart into them. The question in my mind isn't whether or not you should join Kelsey in retreat, but instead, which of her incredible offerings you will choose. Kelsey, you know I love you. Thank you so much for the reboot. It's exactly what I needed. Namaste. Ah, uh, and what a gift for you to, to receive these. Um, yeah, again, I know reading them is for yourself is one thing, but hearing them and embodying them and breathing them into your being is, is another experience. Um, So with that being said, Kels, do you want to leave us with any final words, thoughts, feelings, ways um, in which folks can connect with you?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thanks for reading those. It's definitely different to hear it. I'm like, was getting emotional. Um, And I think if I, for final words, just if you have an idea or a dream or a goal believe in yourself and if people tell you you can't do it believe in what you know because that's their opinion and that's fine but you know you you know your body you know your ability and that might be leading a retreat at six weeks postpartum and it might be climbing a mountain whatever it is like and you might also fail and it's probably going to be really really hard and really really worth it um and then, yeah, find me at, my Instagram is getwildkelsey. My website is getwildretreats. My email is getwildkelsey. Um, so all of those things, I would love to connect. I love making new friends. So if this resonated with you or you want to touch base on retreats or yoga or anything, nature hiking, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for hosting me.
0: Absolutely, yes. And I already know there are some folks in my community who will be so interested in connecting with you and your offerings, Kels. And can't wait to explore our connection further. I will be sure to pop all of your information in the show notes, along with the other resources that I mentioned at the beginning of our talk today. And we will hear from you again soon, Kels. And for the rest of you who are listening, have a wonderful day. And we'll talk soon.